Panthos Coverage Show. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined, as always, by my good buddy and co-host here, Mr. Trey Hill. And uh, apologize, it's been a few weeks. I was actually out last week uh, with the vid. I got the COVID. Um, do be careful out there, everybody. It sucks. I did not have a fun time with it, Trey. I know you said you uh, also might have had an experience recently. And uh, yeah, I, I did not have a lot of fun, but I'm feeling a lot better now. Uh, and I feel like the doctor that I saw, my primary care physician, uh, was really prepared to uh, get me through this experience. And while it has been, I, I think you said a couple weeks, we, we hit the Zach Levine stuff and we're just in time for the Rudy, Rudy, the Rudy rumors and the draft coming up. Um, you know, everybody wants to talk about Kobe White getting kicked out of town. Perfect timing to come back from your COVID vacation. Yeah, there's uh, plenty of stuff to talk about here, everybody. Um, but before we do get started, I want to take you all uh, take a minute here to remind you all to please take a moment to follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. It's the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. Go follow it right now. Not even joking. Um but yeah, so I think, you know, let's not bury the lead here. Let's let's get to what the people really want to hear. The reason they probably clicked to, to open this episode here, Trey. Uh, the biggest news, I think, for the Bulls is being linked to my man, your man. I don't know, French man. Speaking of COVID, <laughs> Mr. Rudy Gobert, uh, who uh, kicked off the whole COVID scare, unfortunately, did, rubbing all the mics and, and was a real A-hat. Uh, but uh, he did apologize for that since I think people do make mistakes. But anyways, uh, yeah, we've been linked to him, and I know that we've already talked a little bit about this, Trey, but uh, just initial reactions there. Um, you know, the report does say, you know, not necessarily – it's from Jake Fisher. It's not necessarily the most solid thing in the world, but the report does mention basically the asking price here so far is Vucevic plus uh, Patrick Williams. So uh, give me your initial thoughts on that. I'm – I'm very sure that is what Danny Ainge is leaking out to everyone that he can talk to right now. <laughs> Danny Ainge was known in Boston as the guy who almost made the deals. Like you, you heard it every time. Well, they almost pulled the trigger on this. They almost pulled the trigger on that. And part of why you had to say that was because when it was trade time, Danny Ainge is literally just putting out everything that he wants and yeah. is trying to to sway public pressure that way. So I'm sure that in a perfect world, Danny Ainge is thinking he can unload this Rudy Gobert salary on the Bulls, get an expiring in Vooch, and get a top four draft pick in Patrick Williams for it. But to me, I think that Danny Ainge is putting that out there because he knows that Rudy's value is not even close to that around the league. Yeah, um, I think, you know, there is a market for, for Rudy, obviously, um, but I do think it's not as expansive as, as it might have been, uh, you know, prior to the Jazz just basically floundering for several years, uh, despite having one of the best defenses in the NBA. Um, I don't think, you know, personally, I don't think you can put all that at, at Gobert's feet. I think Gobert is a very talented player, a very talented uh, defensive player, which we'll get into here in a minute. But yeah, you, you mentioned the uh, the contract here. And just to kind of go over the specifics of that contract, he is under contract through the 25, uh, 2025-26 NBA uh, season. Uh, making roughly about $40 million a year, uh, topping oh, out. I'll read the numbers to you. Yeah. I got them ready for you. Go ahead. So next year, we would pay Rudy $38 million. Mm -hmm. The year after, 41. The year after, 43.8. And then the year after that is 34-year-old season. We'd be paying him $46.7 million against the cap. Yeah. So it is, um, it is a very significant chunk of money to – and, I mean, he is only – I'm pretty sure he's 30. 
Mm-hmm. So you're getting the 30 through 34 years. Mm-hmm. But 43 and 46 on the back end of those is is eating up quite a bit of cap space. Yeah, and uh, and I don't think Gobert's really had an injury-prone season to date, which uh, is you know makes me go you know that that's awesome. Some people will say, oh, that's awesome. Obviously, he's not quote-unquote injury-prone. To me, that just makes me think you know, oh man, this guy's due. Like there's going to be a season where he's going to sit out because he's got foot problems or, or whatever. I mean, big guys typically have foot back problems, things like Looking that. Looking at his game log, it looks like he's been pretty healthy, except in 2017, 2018, he only played 56 games. So I'm, I don't I don't have it in front of me what, what happened that year, but he has been pretty healthy. And I think part of that is he he's asked to do kind of the same things. I, I think he plays – he doesn't play reckless. Like mm-hmm. you talk so much about Alex Caruso playing reckless. Um NBA Finals, Marcus Smart plays a little reckless. Time Lord plays a little reckless from time yeah. to time, or he did before he was hurt. And, like, Rudy is always in the right place at the right time, and he uses his size and his length mm-hmm. and that wingspan to always make the right place. I, I think he is someone who is going to age fairly well on the mm-hmm. defensive end. Mm-hmm. So, for me, I don't hesitate to pay him to, to get him for that those years. I just... Those numbers are so big. I think it, unless the team really thinks that Rudy Gobert is going to turn them into a contender, I don't see any team trading for him. And I haven't even said if I like this or not yet, Trey. But um, before we get into that, you know, we're talking about this contract. It's it's forty plus mil uh, basically after this next season, uh, every year until twenty five twenty six. And you're going to be maxing out Zach Levine, who's also going to make be making forty five ish mil uh, a year for the next five years. So basically, you're you're putting ninety mil of your cap space, um, which is a very large chunk of it, into two guys. Um, and, and let me just ask you this before, you know, before we get into even more of the weeds here, uh, do you think you can win here? I mean, how, how different is Zach Levine and Rudy Gobert, uh, compared to, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy, Rudy Gobert? Is that the same team basically? I mean, are, are we looking at the same team as, as the Utah Jazz here, or do you think the Bulls have potential to be better? If you, if you look at it from just the star to star perspective, Mitchell and Zach, I think they're fairly similar players. The difference right. is the surrounding players. Advanced stats, eye test, everything. Rudy Gobert was the best perimeter defender on the Utah Jazz last year. Not defender. He was not even including interior, just only looking at the perimeter. Rudy Gobert was their best perimeter defender last year. They don't have any assets to to stymie the defense whatsoever. And so we're all Bulls fans here. We saw at the beginning of the season what Caruso was doing, what Lonzo was doing, what Iowa was doing. Javante Green, that defensive intensity, that defensive pressure where they they are aggressive and they attack, that is the opposite of what Utah does. So for me, I think the difference is night and day compared Mm -hmm. to the Jazz roster and the Bulls roster. And I think that this roster that we have built, if DeRozan can continue to spot up a little behind the three-point line every once in a while, I think Zach and Rudy with Caruso, with Io, with... Lonzo Ball with Patrick Williams because again to me I don't I don't move Patrick Williams from so I'm including Patrick Williams as the right. four beside Rudy. Right. So to me I think that's a core that can compete for a title 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I think that's very good. And, and, you know, at first my initial reaction, Trey, was like, yeah, once I saw Patrick Williams was involved in this, uh, I said no. That's just such a steep asking price. I think maybe you can convince me that you take that if you have something else coming back from the Jazz on the other side. But I took a look at their roster, and I was messing around on the trade machine. There's not really anything that entices me that they could throw in as far as a player goes. Um, Can they throw maybe a a future first in? Um, You know, maybe it's heavily protected or something, and it ends up converting to a low, you know, a 25 to 30, uh, maybe 20-ish, you know, first-round pick. Like a lottery-protected pick like Portland did last year, like, yeah. Where I think we have until the 2028 season where it's lottery protected. I think you could maybe talk me into and, and convince me into taking that just because I'm so, um, you know, as I thought about it more and more and just thinking more about, you know, what Rudy Gobert does for this defense. Because like you said. So uh, here's my question with that mm-hmm. then before we go any further. I I think it's a championship level. I think it's a championship level team with Gobert and Patrick Williams. I do not think if you trade <sighs> Patrick Williams in the mm-hmm. deal, I do not think the Bulls are – title contenders because we've seen this postseason you have to have wings you have to have guys in that six seven to six nine six ten range and you need a lot you need three or four of them mm-hmm. the bulls they've got patrick williams that's it yeah and caruso's too small lonzo's that size but he's the point guard so like he can play the wing but you don't necessarily want to depend on him as your wing zach's not zach's not a wing he's more of a guard to me DeRozan, he's He's already a mi- not not maybe not a minus defender, but he's definitely not a plus. You need some good wing presence on the defensive end if you're going to win a title in today's league. And I think if you move Patrick Williams, I don't think the Bulls have that on their have anyone that has that potential on their roster. Well, I think you, I mean you do have Javante Green, you do have Derek Jones Jr. I don't know if they're going to bring him back. I think DJJ is is uh, I mean Javante now. Green's like six three. Yeah, he's, like, he's I, not I do like enough, Derek Jones right? Jr., but do you, <clears throat> would you like? Can you see Derek Jones Jr. starting in this NBA Finals? Because I can't. Like, I, I no. cannot. I can't picture that. I can picture Patrick especially Williams not, taking a look. You know, I can picture him starting in a Finals. Especially not on a team that has Demar Derozan and and Rudy Gobert. That's going to be offensively, uh, we'll say, limited. You know, uh, to be in with. I mean, you're taking Gooch out, who obviously can extend the floor and can step out and hit a three and, and, you know, space the floor a little bit. And you're putting Gobert in who has to play, basically play under the basket at all times. Um, so 
I don't see Derek Jones Jr. being the answer there. No, I, I agree with you. So I think Patrick Williams is a far better option there. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. did have a good year from from three, obviously, this past season. But uh, I wouldn't count on that you know, being the norm. I think that was just kind of an outlier, and, and he had a good season. So, um, so I agree with you there. But, you know, as we're talking about, you know, with the defense, and this is what I, you know, and, and I, I was talking all last season on this podcast about, you know, I wish the Bulls had a elite center that was, you know, on the level of Booch, but just a different profile player, which is exactly this is what we're talking about here with Gobert. Um, you know, Gobert instantly takes you to a top five defense, I think, um, especially with this squad, like you said, that's surrounding him. If you got Caruso healthy, you've got Lonzo Ball healthy. You've got a really, really great defense. But the Bulls, you know, ended the season 13th uh, in in offensive rating, 16th in opponent uh, points per game, and 23rd in defensive rating. But through that first month of the season, Trey, you know, when we were healthy and, like you said, playing our best basketball, we were eighth in defensive rating. So, you know, they, they've obviously got the potential there. I think, you know, in my heart of hearts, if I were to say, you know, what's the potential of this Bulls squad defensively, I would say it's probably top half of the league, 10 to 15 area. I think it's probably a reasonable thing to, you know, really think about, really think about. And I'm talking about with Vooch without trading for Gobert. But if you trade for Gobert, like I said, that instantly takes you up, I think, to the top five in terms of, you know, defensive rating. I mean, you'd have to agree with me there, right? Yeah. Rudy is a top 10 defense by himself in today's game. So, I agree with that 100%. I I want to trade for Rudy. I I think that he is severely underrated. I think people t- act like he he is the problem in Utah when it comes to the playoffs and he's not. It's the fact that they have literally no other rim protectors than him. Mm-hmm. So not only that, but their their other defensive players are just so poor that when he's not there to to cover for them, they just constantly get exposed which literally is exactly what we were saying about Vucevic when he when Vooch lost Lonzo and Caruso yeah so I I think Rudy would be a great fit here I really hope that the Bulls can get it done I just the the only the only options the Bulls so say they trade Patrick Williams for Rudy which you know I'm worried about you have the the taxpayer uh mid-level which Mm -hmm. I think is going to be about six and a half million this year and that's it maybe the draft pick at, at 18 but again i'm thinking players that i i have faith that can play in the nba finals or can play in the conference championship i i don't know that you can get a wing at 6.3 million you might be able to get mitchell robinson i mean but i, I don't think I think you can add. So I think you could add somebody in that um, in that exception. Now, is it an ideal situation? No, but I think you could. You know, you're talking about like the PG Tuckers of the world. You're talking about like the Tory Craig's of the world. Um, I mean, are these guys fantastic or, or great? Are they the ideal you know starter there at, at that spot? No. I mean, you know, you're looking at the finals now, and you've got you know Andrew Wiggins out there. Um, man, come on, Looney's just been incredible this finals, by the way. So uh, or this whole playoff run, I should say. And uh, great to see him have a good game in that last game, also. But um, but yeah, I, I think you know there are definitely going to be some uh, other moves that need to be done if you trade, do this pull off this trade and trade for Rico Bear. Um, and I, I mentioned those those ratings there for the Chicago Bulls defense, uh, not great, obviously. Uh, the Jazz defense by comparison finished 10th in defensive rating and fifth in opponent uh, points per game, uh, which actually I think is a down year for them. I think they actually had better years the, the previous seasons, but uh, but yeah, Gobert, I think, like you said, had, had a big part in that. So, but you mentioned, so 
if we can somehow convince them not to take Patrick Williams, you know, here's another guy I wanted to talk about with you on this pod tray is Kobe White. I mean, does Kobe White have any trade value here? Is this someone that they would want to maybe add? Um, obviously, he's younger. If they're adding Vooch, I mean, I, you know, to pair with Donovan Mitchell and they've already got Jordan Clarkson. Do they even want Kobe White? Uh, I guess just around the league. I mean, does Kobe White have any trade value right now? I definitely think he has trade value. I don't I don't know how much trade value, but I you have to think if they're trading Rudy Gobert, they're probably looking to go younger. So they're not necessarily trading for Vooch to pair with him. They're trading for Vooch's expiring contract. And then maybe they get Kobe White and they also get the 18th pick. So then maybe they try and trade Mike Conley. They try and trade Jordan Clarkson. And so maybe Kobe White steps into that Jordan Clarkson role. I think Kobe definitely has some value out there. I just, I'm not sure how much it is Mm -hmm. given how up and down his play was. And the fact that I mentioned earlier, we don't have a lot of wings. That's because we have tons of amazing guards. We've got, we've got Lonzo, we've got Zach, we've got Caruso, we've got Io. So if Kobe, who is just a score, really. Like, he, he's a heater. He's a microwave guy. Yeah. If he wasn't on, he just got sent back to the bench. It wasn't like he got to play through his bad games. So I think there's value there, but I, I think the real value is Kobe plus Vooch or Kobe plus the 18th pick. And I would he, love to see them try and move him for a wing. So maybe maybe even, like you said, a Tory Craig. Maybe – you know, just find find a bigger body and give Kobe somewhere where he's going to have a chance to develop because I just there's so many people in front of that depth chart for him and he's up for extension whereas I was on a rookie deal. I just I think he's going to shine elsewhere if he's going to shine. Yeah, I think Kobe White, um, 22 years old still. That's probably the thing he has be- going for him best is that he's still pretty pretty very young. Um, still able to develop, obviously, like you said, into a really good player. I mean, a lot of people don't reach their, you know, their peaks until 25, 26, somewhere in that range. So, you know, there's still a lot of just a lot of unknowns with Kobe White. Um, you know, like you said, he had a very up and down season. Um, the ups were really awesome. You know, he would hit, come out and hit, you know, three or four three pointers, really good efficiency. Uh, the downs were even more pronounced. I felt like this past season, you know, especially when he's returning uh, from all the injuries and everything like that, just had some really, really awful games. So um, inconsistencies are really a question mark there. Uh, and, you know, the playoffs, he just, didn't feel like he disappeared. He had he had some games where he you know played pretty decently, but he just it just didn't seem like it's, it's, you get the feeling that you know that position you could maybe at the backup point guard you can maybe get somebody that you know contributes a little bit more. You mentioned Ayo Desumu. I think you know I think it has to mean the Bulls' plan here to really transition to more Desumu as as the as the backup point guard as opposed to Kobe just because he contributes in more facets of the game rather than just scoring. If you need just a pure scorer though. Kobe's your guy, and like you said, I think he's really good at that. But I think Io just gives you a lot more in terms of defense, defense, in terms of you know getting the ball out in transition, ball security. Ball security is a huge thing with me with Kobe White because his ball security is absolute dog crap, <laughs> which is not good if you're going to be running point guard. Uh, but I think he you know projects more as an off guard uh, for a team that has better uh, a better point guard on the team. So do you agree with that assessment? Yeah, at least especially at this stage of his yeah. career. I think he I think he's definitely suited to be that secondary um playmaker. He could be like the Marcus Smart role 
in Boston beside right. like a Jason Tate. Like he doesn't necessarily have to play beside a point guard. He could play beside a Luca or a LeBron, but he definitely needs to be the guy that's had that's the secondary option. He's um he's just he's not the primary. The the other guy breaks the defense down, gets Kobe the ball with with a bent defense, and then Kobe is great at at just breaking that defense, finding an open shot. Or even like when the defense is rotating, he's good about driving, making the defense collapse, and dropping off a pass or two. He he has been developing his playmaking. It's just it's you know it's hard to get on the court when you have that many people in front of you. So to me, yeah. I I think this is the year he probably he probably gets moved this offseason. I I'd put it at like eighty five percent. Yeah, and, and this offseason also is when he becomes eligible for a rookie-scale extension. Um, so let me ask you that, Trey. Uh, personally, I don't see the Bulls extending him. I think, like you said, I think this is the offseason where he does get moved. I'm not sure when the exact date uh, he becomes eligible for that is. I know um, free agency opens on July 1st, so it's got to be probably in conjunction with that or, or around there. So, um, And that's only about three weeks away, so we're, we're really getting up there uh, towards some exciting things happening, again, for Bulls basketball. But, um, but yeah, I think – you know, as as I said, I think, you know, here's is, the question. Why would yeah. they? Why would they he's, extend? He's, yeah. he's a restricted free agent come next mm-hmm. offseason. Mm-hmm. The Bulls would have the right to match any offer he signed elsewhere. So unless unless Kobe, like, say they tried to trade him and it doesn't work out or they, they want to keep him for the year. And he's like, you know what? I love it here. I'd really like to secure like 20 million dollars. How about we sign, you know. What's I don't know what he makes now, but I think he's been due to make about seven mil or so this season. Yeah, you know, so like even two, you know, two like if we can get him at a decent number because he wants the security for like two or three years, I I could see AK and them locking that up because if you can get guys on a good number on an extension, you you tend to do it. But other other than Kobe being willing to take a huge discount, there's no reason for the Bulls to do it because they can match anything he signs next year. Yeah, he's due to make about seven point four million this year, uh, and then next season, if we want to send, extend him a qualifying offer, the cap hold will be about uh, a little under nine, uh, ten million. I'm sorry, a little under ten million. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I just I think you're right, Trey. I, I mean, I don't think there's any way in the world that they extend. Kobe White just because you know he hasn't played particularly well and uh, like you said they can just match any offer so I think that's probably where we stand here uh, with Kobe White but here's the other little uh, wrinkle and we're going to talk about Mitchell Robinson to end this show but another little wrinkle here to consider when we're talking about Kobe White Trey is Lonzo Ball and his you know setbacks and his current health which are giving some Bulls fans a lot of anxiety which I totally understand uh, just to kind of recap, you know, it's been a, a few, uh, a month or so uh, since the season ended uh, for the Bulls. So just to re- kind of recap here, Lonzo Ball stopped running on his knee during the regular season. He had about a 10-day break there uh, where, you know, Donovan said, hey, we're not going to call this a setback. And then uh, April 6th was when they officially ruled him out for the remainder of the season. The Bulls had three games remaining on the schedule at that point. So, um, you know, they ruled him out before the season was over. Very clear that his knee just wasn't responding uh, to that meniscus surgery. And, you know, a second procedure, it's not necessarily something that's definitely going to happen, but it is something that we need to be concerned about here. We we need to be concerned that maybe he's not ready to even start uh, next season, which, uh, you know, LeVar Ball, his father, came out about three weeks ago and said, hey, he's going to be ready for the start of the season. So what do you think, Trey? I mean, are you concerned about, about Lonzo Ball's knee? 
I mean, at this point, you have to be a little concerned. He, right. The original timeline was four to six weeks, and mm-hmm. like we see where that's at. For me, <clears throat> he already missed the last postseason, so I don't, I could not care less if he starts the season. In mm-hmm. fact, I almost don't want him to play the first month of the season. Mm-hmm. What matters is playoff time. It Lonzo, mo, Lonzo more than anyone on this team is the key to playoff success for me. He's a six foot six playmaking guard and playmaker is the key thing there. Zach and DeMar, they're not great playmakers. And Lonzo, when you look at all of the advanced stats, his passes are high value passes. He he always makes the right pass and he always like he gets guys buckets. I don't I don't think the Bulls are are legit contenders against some of these top tier defenses without having someone of Lonzo's caliber in that playmaking role. So to me, I don't care if he starts the season. I, all I want is for him to be as close to 100% as he can be, you know, when he starts playing. And I want, you know, if he plays 30 games this year, fine, you know, space him out, rest him. He has to be there come playoff time because we saw what happened this last, you know, this last playoffs. We don't want to see that again when we get back there. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, the Bulls, you know, if you were to give them like a just kind of a pull grade out of the air type thing, you know, the Bulls are a B team, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F. Uh, if the Bulls are a B team, uh, you know, without Lonzo Ball, uh, when they add Lonzo Ball to that mix, it takes them up to the A plus, which is what we saw in the first month of the season uh, when Lonzo was healthy, because even before he was shut down and went and did that meniscus uh, you know, surgery, he wasn't 100 percent. You could tell. Um, just wasn't the same guy. Uh, he had set like a whole what, four and a half months, uh, you know, there uh, with this knee injury. So, you know, when he was out there, when when he was 100 percent and looked like he was playing well, the Bulls were just exciting to watch. And once that once he was out, it was like night and day to me uh, on the offensive end, especially and getting out in transition. It just just wasn't happening because, you know, we've mentioned it quite a few times on this pod. But um, getting the ball out in transition and scoring is one of the things the Bulls do best. And they do it efficiently uh, compared to other teams in the NBA. And Lonzo's a big driver with that. He's a big, big key to that engine um, because of his ability to, you know, get the ball down the floor on the dribble or off the pass. And like you said, he makes the right passes, uh, not just in transition, but also in the half court. But uh, in transition is what where you, where I really noticed the difference there. It was a lot of fun to watch. So, um, so if we don't have, so so you're saying maybe. Maybe the Bulls try to move Kobe White for a wing or something like that. Say we don't have Lonzo Ball. Say we do that. We get a wing, you know, whoever wing. Uh, not not going to be a starter necessarily. Probably be a bench player. We'll call him Tory Craig. Tory Craig. We don't have Lonzo Ball to start the season. Are you comfortable, you know, starting the season and having Ayodosumu be the de facto starting point guard for, I don't know, a, a good chunk of the season here? I mean, we're assuming Zach's healthy to start the season, right? Yeah, I think I think then, he, yeah, I, yeah, I think I think Zach is the primary guy this year. I think he is the guy who initiates most of the offense. I think Io is very capable of like getting them into sets or whatever, but I think Zach is going to be the guy who has the ball, who has the highest usage. So, not having Lonzo there to start the season honestly, I think it hurts the defense more than it hurts the offense for me because you need those defensive reps repetitions to just to kind of get used to playing on a string with other guys, because 
they're they're like scrambling in the finals. It's not, you know, just okay, we're gonna set the screen and you cover my guy. It's all about, you know, scrambling, recovering back. You have to like ro- pre-rotate and then when you have to chase the guy, you're not chasing the guy you think you're chasing. Like there's so much to it that I think the reps on defense is what I'll miss more than the offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I think you're right about that. It, it, it's all missed time here uh, for Lonzo Ball, unfortunately, and for the rest of the Bulls. Um, you know, it just it seems like there's so much potential, and we're just we're just missing out on it, unfortunately. But that's how injuries work, and and we'll just have to wait for him to get healthy, unfortunately. Do, do you know what team I was saying this? I was having this same thing about last off season. Injuries, health. They looked so good when they were together, but they just they they. Between COVID and everything else, Boston Celtics season from hell. The Boston <laughs> Celtics, and look at where they are now. I would love they to had be. A, they had a, Boston if we Celtics. can get the health that they had this season, yeah, I, th- I think the Bulls could be the number one seed in the East very easily. We saw yeah. how well they they had the number one seed when they were healthy this year, and if they could stay healthy, I I honestly believe even without Gobert, even with Vooch, I think this team could be the number one team in the East. I don't know that they would be the favorites a lot like the Miami Heat were this year, but I do think that when push comes to shove, the Bulls can contend if they're at full strength. It's just about getting to that full strength. It's easy out there for Bulls fans to forget, man. I mean, the the Bulls were started as, you know, everyone's kind of making fun of them. DeMar DeRozan was a bad signing in the offseason, and no one really thought that they were going to be above an eighth or ninth seed, except for us, right? We thought, you know, hey, this team probably going to be somewhere in the middle of the standings, I think, um, you know, four or five, somewhere in there, <clears throat> which, you know, turned out to be the case, but uh, they ended up sixth. But, you know, we, we were higher on them than the national media. Then the national media caught up, and all of a sudden people were – you know, picking the Bulls to win the East. Uh, you know, some people were in the national media. And then, you know, Lonzo Ball. The, the Lonzo Ball injury was was a big thing that blew, that was a blow to us. And Zach Levine not being 100%. So there was just a and lot Caruso. of stuff there. And Caruso. Caruso, Caruso, and Zach, uh, Caruso and Lonzo, they were both being talked about in the national discourse as both being all defensive caliber players. Right. To make the all-defensive team, when when you're playing at a high enough level that the national media is is talking about how you need to be on a an all-defensive team when you're not a star that early in the season, that just shows the defensive impact that you're ha- that they're having on the game, and that that I think is what would be key to the Bulls really being able to contend because when it when it's the half-court game, even the the Warriors are struggling to score in the finals the Boston Celtics it's all about getting out in transition and then when you do get bogged down in the half court having a guy who can make a tough bucket if you're in that group of contenders if you're not in that group you know the teams can exploit you and beat you however but if you're a real elite team you have to be able to get out in transition and you have to be able to score in tough half court situations I think the Bulls can, yeah, healthy. I think the Bulls can do both of those things. I mean, yeah, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, elite level as far as that goes. I mean, we saw what they did in the fourth quarter to start the season. Again, Zach Levine, um, you know, injured. I I know he's having an off-season procedure 
uh, I believe it's coming up here relatively shortly here that he should be healthy and good to go when the season starts. But hopefully that gets him right, because what we saw the previous two seasons with Zach Levine was, you know, elite level uh, offensive creation, offensive playmaking, especially in the half court, uh, which is where the Bulls were trying to score because they weren't getting out in transition before uh, Alonzo Ball and all them came over and uh, we got Billy Donovan. So uh, I'm excited to see it, man. I think Bulls fans have a lot to be heartened about. I think that there is, uh, you know, the sky is the limit here. Um, before we do move on here, I got one more guy we're going to talk about here that the Bulls have been linked to uh, in free agency. But before we do that, I want to just tell you guys uh, there's no such thing as a fantasy offseason. There really isn't. No fantasy offseason. It's just the pre-draft season. Here at uh, Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysts are turning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies. So you can get a jump on your prep and we'll have incredible free agency and summer league coverage as well. But only if you're part of our premium member team. Head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, cook yourself one extra lunch per month because it's only $5.99. See you there. Go do it. Um, I'm, I'm already getting pumped up, man. I was doing a little bit of uh, draft prep earlier today for a upcoming auction draft, uh, which I'm excited about. I've never done an auction draft before, but this uh, this will be a first for me. But uh, anyways, go get that. Go win your leagues. Um, but Trey, there is another guy that we've been linked to here, which I'm kind of excited about. I know you mentioned him already in this pod, but Mitchell Robinson uh, is a guy that the Bulls have been linked to as, as having some interest, obviously, up until the Bull, the Knicks were – uh, talking about an extension with Mitchell Robinson up until those talks were shut down, the Bulls were linked to Mitchell Robinson at that point. Uh, and then the, the Knicks shut down any extension talks there or any any kind of trade talks. So uh, now he's a free agent. And, you know, I saw here in this piece uh, from the New York Post that he's looking at we're looking at probably at least 11 million per year for Mitchell Robinson. And if we extend, we have about 49 million in cap space, but if we extend uh, Zach Levine with the max, that's going to mean we don't really have that cap space. So we'll probably have to get rid of somebody to add Mitchell Robinson, which I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think you can get rid of, um, I don't know, I haven't looked at the Bulls contracts, but you can probably get rid of somebody that's not playing a, a significant role. But $11 million per year for, for Mitchell Robinson, do you think that's worth it? Do we get Gobert? Um, in this scenario, no. I would think if you get go, I would get rid of Derek Jones Jr. and Troy Brown to be able to sign Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of what you're looking at here, um, especially DJJ. I think he's making nine million uh, a year as of last year. So if you get rid of him, basically, I think that's basically where you can slot Mitchell Robinson. And I would love Mitchell Robinson, man. I would. And in the the report here also says that I gotta be playing him. How do they have us getting to that much cap room, though? I, d- I don't see a way for the Bulls to get cap room. Well, I think him. I think that uh, the $49 million number came from just Zach Levine's contract coming off the books. So, but once he so once he gets extended, I think that's basically right. But he has right. Cap. He has a so I'm a, I'm on cleaningtheglass.com right now, and even if we renounce Derek Jones Jr. and Troy Brown, we're still at negative 8.3 million because Zach's cap hold is 29. We've got Demar making 27, Vooch making 22, Zach's scheduled at 29, Lonzo's making 19.5, Caruso 9 million, Patrick Williams 7.8. Um, you're not getting rid of any of those guys. So at mm. that point, even if you move Kobe White, he's only making 7.4. I don't I don't think we can get. Mitchell Robinson with straight up cap space, unless Zach leaves. 
Yeah, I've got to extend a a, a um, uh, invite here again to my guy that's a uh, he, that's a Bulls capologist. So we can get him on the show here, so we can talk about this. There's got to be some way though, because otherwise there'd be no smoke smoke to those uh, rumors. But well, the uh, Bulls this- have that six point three mm-hmm. um, taxpayer uh, mid level, mm-hmm. and if the Knicks let Mitchell Robinson walk. It, you know, it's hard telling what kind of market's going to be out there for him. I know yeah. he hasn't he hasn't necessarily played uh, a whole lot. I, I think he's been injured and he's also been kind of a backup. So the the one guy I heard talking about it, I he thought he might come over on like that one year deal to try and reestablish his value to people because if there's one place where you're going to be able to show off how much better of a defensive center you are, Chicago is a good place to do it with Vucevic. <laughs> So, yeah, so the report uh, from the New York Post also said, also mentioned that um, the Bulls would be wanting to play. Maybe uh, we could trade Kobe White for him. Yeah, maybe he'd be wanting to play. There are options, like sign and trade. I was just more like, I don't think we can do it with straight casters. I think we would have to trade an asset, which I'd happily trade Kobe White for him. Would you? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Right, yeah. And um, but they're, they're reportedly going to try to play him next to Vucevic, which I love. I think so. so you're talking about Boston Celtics, obviously. You're talking about Robert Williams, and they've got Al Horford out there too. I mean, I see that as a, a similar pairing. I don't think it's necessarily exactly the same. I think obviously I take Horford and Rob will. Uh, well, Rob will I certainly take over over Mitchell Robinson. But I don't know. How do you, how do you feel about those two sharing the court together with uh, you know Mitchell Robinson and Vucevic? Oh, I love it. I love yeah. the idea of having Mitchell Robinson having that be the ability, guy who's the I guy think, to know, roam. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He can play that kind of free safety, and he's such a good shot blocker. He does struggle with some some foul trouble, obviously, um, because he get, does get out of position. So his defense like isn't great, but his rim protection is elite. And I think like but you I don't said, know that I don't know if he would struggle with the foul trouble if he's not having to bang against other centers and he's right. not you know that's not constantly getting caught up in the pick and rolls. I think. I think him. I think that would be an excellent pairing, and I, I hadn't heard that until you just said it, and I'm just gleeful with joy at the thought of that. <laughs> well, like you said, you know, just like they do with Rob Williams, you stick him on the the corner three guy. Um, you know, if he has to run out there and block a shot, he can. The but Pelicans do it with Jackson Hayes and yeah. Valanciunas. The Memphis Grizzlies do it with Stephen Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr. To yeah. great effect. This, there is a huge trend in the NBA of letting your big athletes just roam and be able because they can play above the rim that being able to come out like you you even see it in the finals kevin looney and draymond green draymond everyone thinks draymond's the better player right now kevin looney's more effective at mm-hmm. protecting like a, the rim for me mm-hmm. because you can go over draymond now you can't go over looney and it's the, it would be the same with mitchell robinson yeah so i love that idea and yeah obviously the Tony Bradley situation didn't work out. I think, you know, obviously if you have a uh, front court's uh, rotation of Vooch and Mitchell Robinson, and um, I guess uh, it'd be Patrick Williams, I, he would still be here also as, as the four. Uh, I think that's a fantastic, uh, you know, front court rotation. And you have the ability to go big against some of these teams. Like if you were to match up against Boston, I think that's when you definitely throw, you know, Mitch Robb out there with Vooch and maybe slide Patrick Williams to the three. Um, and then maybe you have, I, I don't know, it, it, you'd have some you'd have some options. That's all I'm trying to say. But basically, you know, we got crushed uh, on the boards and, and just with size and physicality for so many games. I think that solves a lot of those issues. Wouldn't you agree? It would. And Lonzo was one of the better rebounding guards. I think he would have, you know, he'll help with the rebounding issues. But 
Yeah, just having more size on the court, being able being able to make a team play be uncomfortable when they play you. I think that's what the Celtics have done so well this year is they they can take away whatever you like to do. And then if you're having to play left-handed, you know, you make you're a little sloppy or you make a couple mistakes. And on the flip side, Boston is so versatile on the offensive end, they they can mix and match their personnel to where they can they can create an advantage even if they might not have, you know, a, a super duper star in the, in the level of a, a Curry or a Giannis or, you know, a prime Durant. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, a second round pick. He made $1.8 million last season, which uh, obviously that was a fantastic contract. I wish we got him for that, uh, but he is an unrestricted free agent. Um, like I said, I, I read in this report, he's looking for approximately $11 million annually. That's kind of like the, like you were talking about, Trey, you know, it's, it all depends on what the market is for the guy. And there's not like a vast market for Mitchell Robinson right now because he hasn't played necessarily up to his potential. And there are concerns about him being kind of immature. Uh, so, you know, he's a guy that, you know, it's just like with a like a basketball card or something. Like, yeah, sure, you might say it's worth eleven million dollars, but it, that's only if somebody's willing to pay eleven million dollars for that basketball card. If no one out there is willing to pay this guy eleven million dollars, if he comes over and, and slots into that, uh, I think he said we have a six point three million dollar ex- exception there. That would be fantastic. I think that's really a uh, a contract that's worth it. You know, that, and you, you were talking about Robin Williams and, and Al Horford, that kind of situation too. It's the same kind of thing because I know uh, up until this season, I believe it was, uh, you know, Robert Williams wasn't making a whole lot of money either. But it's just his fit in this system uh, works so well. And yeah, I I would love this. I think this is the preferred thing. It, it, let me let me put this question to you, Trey. If you have an option of trading Patrick Williams and Booch for Rudy Gobert, which I know you're not high on, maybe you get something back that makes that more more appealing to you. Or you, so uh, let me put it this way: if you can trade Kobe White and the pick and Booch for Gobert, which is your preferred thing, or if you were to just go ahead and sign Mitchell Robinson, which of those two scenarios do you think makes the Bulls better? Gobert. Yeah. I like he 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 is just such a special guy, mm-hmm. and the the level that he would raise this team on the defensive end, it I don't think it can be overstated enough. It's so let's say, let's say all the way. Up, let's say you have to give up Patrick Williams. Now does that change it for you? Is it do I like the team with Mitchell Robinson and Patrick Williams better? Right. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Because who's yeah. guarding who, who's guarding Tatum? Good question. I, you know, it would have to be who's guarding Durant. Who's guarding Giannis? <clears throat> well, we saw uh, we've, seen how, we've seen how Kevin Luke, Kevin Looney has done <laughs> on, uh, on uh, uh, Tatum, but uh, no, I, I really think they would struggle to defend those guys. I agree with you there. So uh, Patrick Williams has to be that guy for us, and he is so valuable. So that's why I think you know we are in agreement like, here. You, you can like AK, trust in AK if he trades Patrick Williams. I'm all for it. If that's what he if if that's what he thinks is the right thing to do, he has made enough correct moves that I will support whatever decision the front office makes because I think whatever issues I have, he he you know they're they're 14 steps ahead of where we are. Right. So they they if they move Patrick Williams, AK knows okay I got to get a win. He's going to have someone in mind, but you know until I until I know who we might be able to get to guard the Tatum's of the world. I just prefer to hold on to Patrick Williams. We are, uh, I believe, a couple weeks out here from the NBA draft. So obviously that's uh, picking up a lot of steam here. And uh, we're going to be with you guys, you know, 
next week and, and hopefully discussing a little bit more about who we think the Bulls are going to take. Maybe we'll have some guys really nailed down here as we uh, you know get a little bit more information from the experts out there. And obviously, uh, like I said, July 1st is another big date because that's when uh, free agency opens up and maybe the Bulls make a splash right away again, just like they did with Lonzo Ball when the uh, last free agency period opened. So we'll see how that goes. But, um, but I think it's going to do it for us here, Trey. Until next time, you can follow me on Twitter. I am Keith Cork. I am on Twitter at, at @bsbpkeith. And where Trey, where can the people find you? On Twitter at Final Finally. And follow the show at Ethos Bulls. That's at Ethos Bulls. And please, guys, if you're out there listening, and girls, if you're listening on the iTunes, uh, leave us a five-star review. Tell us how we're doing. Tell us what we're doing well. Tell us what we need to improve on. We really, really, really you know, rely on you guys to um, – you know, help us reach more ears by giving us those, those reviews. So uh, little five stars, tell us what we need to do better. Tell us what we're doing well. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, please do that if you have five minutes today. But until next time, Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.